Now to pull on the headphones and see how it sounds. Oh, that's great. Hello and welcome to the Adventures in Odyssey Scoopcast, your source for the latest Adventures in Odyssey news and reviews, still in podcast form for those who don't have time to read. Which, to be honest, is most of us. I'm your host, Timmy Bays. Let's get started. If you've been waiting for the review of Auto Response Episode 905, you are in the right place. Michael LeFevre, Ryan Matlock, and I had a blast recording this review, and the way I see it, this episode is a typical day in the life of Odyssey. Now, the citizens of Odyssey may not see it like this, because they think they live in this quaint little town where you can hear the crickets chirping as you walk down Main Street. But those of us who've been listening to this show for how many years has it been? We know better. After all, this is Odyssey. And this is our review. Alright, so the next episode is episode 905, Auto Response, written and directed by Phil Lawler, and sound design Jonathan Crow, music again, John Campbell. What do you think? Mixed feelings. I still have mixed feelings even back from when I first heard it, and I don't know. I, I want to hash out some stuff here with you guys. I would love to hash out all the stuff. All Let's right, do it. But now I want hash browns. <laughs> uh. I guess the ending. You want to talk about Pull House I love as it. a character? Mm. I love it. Love him. Yeah, he's yes. good. Is this him? Is this actually Pull House? That's a brilliant question. I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because we haven't seen him like this before. He's been very guarded and rudely terse is the way that the lady at the printing shop described him. Yes. And here... He is a lot different in his final conversation with Buck and in his conversation with his mom, which also he's adopted. How about that? Yeah. Oh, I love I like that as a twist because that that almost answers for me the question that you're asking, Michael. Is he different? Yes. And the answer is yes, he is different because the thing is when he first developed his dislike and distrust of Buck, Buck was not adopted. Mm -hmm. Then he's kind Mm. of a foster child, kind of adopted. I'm not quite sure what he is at this point. He's a foster child. Yeah, he's still a foster child, but he might as well be adopted for how everything is going currently. Mm-hmm. But like all of that to say, he I feel like if Pullhouse is adopted, like we learned that in this episode, that could change his outlook at least a little bit. Cuz like he starts the episode still very suspicious of Buck. Yeah. But seeing how everyone in town reacts to Buck. That's true. As well as seeing what Buck did, I feel like that could be enough to change or at least soften his position a, at least a little bit. And in Definitely. one episode? In the span of one episode? Oh, we've seen this before from him in the toy. I, I another, know. <laughs> another Phil Lawler episode. Like, he has this heart. It's his nephew. that And, 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 and he's very, like... You know, he he breaks down and cries in that episode. Like, we haven't really seen him outside of the police world much, and except for in these two episodes. So I think that might be why he seems so different. I think the other thing is that here we get to see why Polehouse has this thing for, like, how to say this right? Why why Polehouse is always looking for Buck um, behind things. And it's not because he he thinks Buck is is such a bad person even though that's how it comes across it's because he's been in the same situation and he cares and so he wants to make sure that to, that 
that Buck gets a good start. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that's mm-hmm. actually why Paul House is doing this. So this episode, to me, really expanded Paul House's character and helped me to, like, say, okay, now I understand what the deal with Paul House is. He has this heart, and behind his gruff, terse personality is this thing of, I just want to help out in the way that I can while still keeping my, my image as a, as a cop. Yeah. I think as far as Paul House... Uh, in this scene here at the end uh, with Buck. The only issue I have is that he went a little too soft. Like, as far as just maybe the acting could have been done in such a way that he maintains a certain gruff uh, composure about him, that basically it should have been more like, listen, kid, I'm smart and I know a good thing when I see it, so you need to listen up. You're in trouble, but not because you stole a car, because you don't believe that these people care about you. Like, that might have been a little bit better Mm -hmm. as far as Pullhouse's character, because he doesn't really often let up that mask of, I'm the gruff police officer, and I don't feel like he would necessarily go as far, like, because, again, as you said in a previous episode, he said, I don't think that criminals like Buck ever actually turn good. Buck may fool you two, but I stand by my general view that criminals don't rehabilitate. They just get better at covering their tracks. I almost wonder, though, if in order for Buck to understand if Pullhouse intentionally took his mask off and talked to him like that, because okay. Buck is yeah, used to getting talked to by Pullhouse in this gruff manner, like, you bad kid do this um this is also their first solo interaction too this is true usually it's in front of other people which also may be why he takes the mask down and just says hey like not he doesn't say i've been there but we realize that the reason he's doing this is because he's maybe he's been there before Mm -hmm. um but i just think maybe it, it makes it more powerful for him to tone down instead of just instead of to be so gruff and terse maybe yeah my other thought is maybe this is just Phil Lawler's um, way to <laughs> humanize Pullhouse. That's fair. Maybe this is just like Odyssey's way of a typical Detective Pullhouse episode. If we keep doing this, then nah, I'm not, I'm not down for that. If we keep doing this, but no, once or twice is fine. Keep it unique. Don't don't do it yeah. for everything. It's like next episode, <laughs> same exact thing. No. Okay, to Buck. To Buck. What is this in his what what is this again? Just Phil Lawler doing a Phil Lawler thing. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. Like, because uh, one question is, this could be a relapse for Buck from Page from the Playbook when yeah. he was tempted to do something illicit and it happened. So the difference being that in the Page from the Playbook, he has good motivations in that episode. He's just doing the right or the wrong thing for the right reason. Mm-hmm. And there was also that episode where Eugene needed to get the job. Old tricks. He's motivated by good things. But it's not the right thing to do, you know? Mm-hmm. And you can even make an argument that in California Dreams, he does the same thing. Right. He's doing the right <laughs> thing and helping Jules, but he's totally, he, he's running away to California. He's <laughs> impersonating, uh, what, a roadie. You, what do you call a it? A, a roadie. And in the next episode that he appears in, spoiler alert, he does the same thing. He's breaking into the school office. So I feel, <laughs> I, I'm looking at the chronology here. All, all these things happen after the long end. And it's almost Ooh. like Buck is experiencing this trauma from having to turn in his dad, basically. 
to be arrested and now he's questioning and starting to, and and having these uh episodes where he is doing the wrong things um mm. he still wants to do what's right but i i feel like that the long end has really impacted him has really traumatized him the question i have here is that in each of those events in page and in let's call the whole thing off and california dreams there was a motivation that we could understand we could see why he was doing it and it made sense here the motivation is more if i do something to break the trust of these people will they still love me that is a bit more of a a fuzzy motivation does that line up is the question. I'm not sure. I'll put it this way. It sounds like a motivation a writer would come up with, not a kid. Uh-huh. Obviously, this is not told from Buck's perspective. Right. Um, right. We never get a scene of him. I, I think exactly. that would have been great if we got a scene where he's like, driving the car and like, what am I doing in the car? And then he stops and thinks, yeah. what am I doing? That, that, yeah. <laughs> that would have really, really helped a bit. But I feel like this makes sense for someone who has had Buck's experience. It's just that we didn't get to see the whole play up to it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Pivoting to Jules now. Um, Pivot! Uh, what is going on? Uh, <laughs> so Jules, we haven't seen go through a huge amount of impactful character development for her. And now she's still the person that she was beforehand, selfish, and yet she's doing it to Buck and saying, hey, I need this thing, and also, I'm gonna take the car for no reason at all. She stops the bus to go to the car and then gets the idea to drive the car? That doesn't make sense to me. Why? (laughs) What are you doing? (laughs) Did did you guys pick up on that? That when she was on the bus, it seemed like she saw the car there for some reason, and my first thought would be, well, what if Connie's there at the antique shop? Because she doesn't know that Connie's home (laughs) from Medicaid. Like... (laughs) She doesn't know that Connie's sick, so she just takes the car from Connie at the antique shop? What? Sorry, Connie. Whee! <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I think it fits with Jules' character. It just proves that Buck deserves so much better. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Tim, you I have mean, thoughts? I feel like Jules' character is really... She's developing into just kind of a really flighty type of person. I mean... It, it's a realistic type of person that exists. Yeah. Um, it needs to come to a head, Comes though. from hanging around with Jillian. Exactly. I was going to say, the other person is Jillian. Right. And also Penny. Uh, but we don't hear about her anymore. As, yeah. Um, yeah. But <laughs> especially Jillian. Do you want to talk about Jillian, then? Oh, Jillian, Jillian, Jillian. So speaking of she Jillian. She was very... Yeah. Oh, <laughs> she was, Jillian. Ugh. Oh, oh she's, she's such a nice gal. gal. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> anyway. She she's better here. She has a couple really weird lines where so she's talking to Bullhouse and she's actually decent, not really as much of the weird character as she was as written by Kathy Buchanan in the previous episodes. And but mm-hmm. she has two jokes toward the end of the conversation where she says Ooh. that uh she her friend Harriet wanted her to go to dinner, so Rufus dropped so she says, So Rufus dropped me off at her house. And we had a wonderful evening. Uh me and Harriet, not me and Rufus. Like you need to clarify that? Okay. Um, <laughs> And then Paul says, I need Harriet's number. And Julia's like, okay, but I think she already has a boyfriend. <laughs> right? <laughs> what? I kind of okay. like that joke, personally. The, I, I thought that was amusing. I, I thought it yeah. was funny. It was good. It I, was good. It's just like, oh, honestly, you just made that joke. Okay. Both of those <laughs> jokes. Like, yeah. Still going back through the characters, though. Uh, back to Eugene, I think, would be a good place to jump right now. He's in... Okay. He's not in very much of this, but the first time we hear from him, it sounds like he's doing Shakespeare. Yeah, He's just like, how <laughs> <does>. dare you? <laughs> I thought Eugene was really uncharacteristically uncharacteristic. I resented thy insinuation, Puppet Jay! 
Yeah. <laughs> I think it's just Will Ryan, honestly. Because I think we, we've seen Eugene true. frustrated in the past, and I wish it were a little bit different, but also this is played up for comedic effect. And this is a comedic episode. Yeah. It's decently funny. Yeah. But there's what Eugene says is halfway or towards the end of the conversation, because Miss Kendall's car was already gone by the time Buck stopped by Wits End. Miss Marshall came and took it. And Eugene, you couldn't have mentioned that at the beginning and, and cleared Buck? <laughs> you had to go through that with Pole House? Why? Did you? Uh, it depends on how, because we don't hear how Pole House phrased it. So if Pole House just came and said, hey, Eugene, where was Buck last night? Because Connie's car was stolen. Or I'm invest- Or maybe he said, I'm investigating a robbery. Where was Buck last night? Right, right. That would explain it. And didn't mention the car. It could have been cut for time or something. I don't know. I, I feel like there was something that Eugene did say that you would implicate him or insinuate that he was in- involved in the theft of Connie's car. I thought that was something he said. I don't right. know. I don't There's know. sometimes when like you're in a conversation with someone and they just say something that's just so wrong or upsetting or like just yeah, inappropriate that you just lose that, your train of thought well not that you lose your train of thought but like if it's been a pain point for a long time sometimes you just deal with it you don't yeah. give them the answer that would alleviate their suspicions you call out the issue that's clearly in their soul right <laughs> and for eugene that just happens to take place in the in the form of a shakespearean monologue but exactly I guess so. the best way he knows how <laughs> fair, fair. Yeah. and that brings us all the way back to connie and wit at the beginning of the episode and towards the second or third scene <laughs> connie is the one who calls the and reports the 503 of the car being stolen and she's working with wit at wit's end and pole house interviews both of them and connie loopy is hilarious <laughs> really really oh, great my. it's amazing i didn't know that katie lee's portrayal of medicated connie was something i needed in my life <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i can still work jason yeah <laughs> He <laughs> straight up calls what? Eugene, I'm taking Connie home and then I'm heading to Connellsville for the rest of the day. I'm not going to Connellsville. Well, Mr. Whitaker. That was perfect. I, I don't know why they made, why Connie being medicated was so important to the story. <laughs> I don't know. Well, because, because she, she needed to have a reason she'd to be able what to happened recall to her car. the proper details. So this is like the third character in Odyssey that has amnesia? Uh, <laughs> Temporarily. <laughs> I didn't just lose my car. I also lost my memory. <laughs> <laughs> Please no. So then uh. <laughs> that brings us all the way back to the beginning and a plot point that I was saving for the end here also because I just remembered it right now. But because Connie mentions in the story about Jules's hesitancy when Connie says, wait, where is my car? And Jules goes, well, that mm-hmm. line well clues you into Jules knows something about it. And because there's so much info piled up on top that doesn't exactly even lead us to Buck because Buck then like they don't even find Buck because of uh, what? Jillian's testimony, right? They just find him because they found the car. It's not that right. Pullhouse's investigation really did anything besides bring out the good in everyone in Odyssey. And mm-hmm. so... The good. <laughs> I did that. So Jules' <laughs> fessing up at the end is something that we had at the beginning where she said, well, and now we're just waiting for her to do it. And after being bogged down with all this info, just to have Jules come back at the end and say, well, here was it. Did you forget that line? Huh? Huh? Did you forget it? Huh? And... I kind of felt bad about that because why did you have to do that? I, I don't think that that was excellent plot design, especially because that that's what made it really feel more like the toy, only not as good because none of the conversations Pull House had with the people really progressed to the plot because we had a plot here. In the toy, it was what's going on, and these people are important, and he needs to talk to them. Here, you, you didn't need to talk to them. You could have just waited until Buck was arrested, then have Jules fess up. So I, I get the idea. It's just that rubbed me a little bit the wrong way. You know what I mean? 
So you think that he didn't need to interview anybody? I think that this whole thing could have been short-circuited as a story if Jules had just fessed up. And by interviewing people, he didn't get closer to the truth. Just that realization was interesting for me to realize. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess, I, I don't know, because that happens sometimes. Yeah, it's more of a, yeah. a writing thing of where the episode seems to be punishing me for not remembering that it was Jules. Mm. But I didn't remember it was Jules because I had all this other information I was keeping track of. Gotcha. Yeah. So That makes sense. That, that's, yeah. that's, in, that's in general what I had to think. Any other final thoughts on this episode? I would have liked to see a little bit more something in the episode that like ties it back to some biblical truth. Because I don't think that trust people is entirely a biblical thing. Oh, that's because true. really the, what the Bible says is we should trust God, right? Definitely, without uh-huh. question. But that human beings are deceitful as all get out. <laughs> yeah, that's, that, that's true. a good point. Chris does bring up that love protects and trusts and hopes. And oh, perseveres. that's right. That's right. Okay, I was trying okay, to remember what Chris go. said. I like that, that. That plays into it, right? And that's because yeah. these people are Christians in Odyssey, and because the people in Odyssey have proven to Buck that they are trustworthy, right? Yeah. yeah. And th- they trust him. Right. Yeah. Mutual trust. From that perspective, if the episode is really about love, I'm all for that. Like if if it's if the thing that we're supposed to take away from this episode is here is what love looks like and Buck's friends and family emulate that really well and mm-hmm. that love is why you can trust God and why you can trust people who display that kind of love. I think that's a great message. Yeah. I think that's a good takeaway. One final thing, and then we can give ratings, was that the joke of, well, we all do on occasion. After all, it is Odyssey. Got a little bit old after the fifth time. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but I, it all paid off at the end. In yeah, my because mind. he's like, he's like, he's like, after all, it is Odyssey. And my car's in the garage. I'm no fool. I'm like, <laughs> yes. 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 <laughs> like, that's Full House. Come on. Let's it's do beautiful. it. Yep. Yep. All right. So let's do our ratings. Oh, now I actually have to think of a rating. Um, yes, you do, Michael. You're on the spot. Go for it. I I will give this 8 out of 10. I was going to say something dumb. 8 out of 10 reads. Oh, you stole mine. No. <laughs> oh, uh-oh, uh-oh. <laughs> there aren't many items in this episode. Yeah, I got to think True. of something else. While you're thinking, I'm going to give this episode 8 out of 10 doses of Connie's cold medicine. Yes. Ah. <laughs> uh. That's a good one, too. I guess I will... I think 8 out of 10 is a really good rating. I think we all agree with that. I will give it 8 out of 10 dropped glasses. I was going to do that, and then I thought, that's dumb. I'm not going to do that. Oh, thanks, Michael. (laughs) (laughs) It's okay. I don't think it's dumb. (laughs) I was going to do it. I was going to... It popped into my head. No problem. You've just heard our response to auto-response, but what's your response? I mean, to this episode of Odyssey, to the podcast, or anything else, really. There are tons of ways to let us know and tons of ways to connect with the rest of the Odyssey community. You can start by leaving a comment on this podcast, but why stop there? Have you liked us on Facebook yet? We're on Facebook at facebook.com slash odysseyscoop. Also, chat on our message boards at odysseyscoop.com slash forum, where you can find the latest episodes or just chat about all things Odyssey. You can also keep scrolling down our website, which is odysseyscoopcast.com, for other reviews. And don't forget to check back again for our review of the next episode in album 70, Unrelatable. Until then, my name is Timmy Bays, reminding you to make sure your car is locked or securely in your garage. Oh yeah, and never be without the Odyssey Scoop. I need to update the wiki. He's not in there. Oh, thank you! (laughs) Who is Rufus? Oh yeah.
Yeah, it's Rufus A and Rufus B. What? No, that's the same Rufus. Same one. Yeah, I'm going to fix that. What? <laughs> okay, interesting. Yeah.